Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals, uh, one of the most watched and listened to podcasts dealing with addiction and recovery. I'm Randall Carlisle. My co-host is Rachel Santizo, and our guest today is Trevor Peterson. Welcome all. Welcome. We we record these bright and early in the morning, so we're all bright-eyed and bushy today. Absolutely ready to go. (laughs) Trevor, are you? I'm ready. Uh, You're ready. Okay. Best time of the day. This is... um, this might be, we're going to talk a little about stigma uh, after we get into Trevor's story, uh, stigma on stuff like uh, tattoos. And uh, so it might be a good one for you to uh, tune in to watch as opposed to just listen on a podcast platform. You can do that by uh, Googling Odyssey House Journals, and it'll take you right to our YouTube TV channel and yeah. it'll list it and just look for the podcast dealing with Trevor Peterson. Uh, so anyway, welcome everyone. Uh, Trevor, I've, I've known you for now a whole bunch of years because you've been around Odyssey House. You're an Odyssey House grad. How, how, how long from start till now have you been associated with Odyssey House? Oh, probably... <laughs> Well, just over five years. So um, June of 2018 is when I went to Odyssey House. And since then, stayed connected and remains my family. What was your drug of choice that got you in trouble? So for a lot of years, um, it was meth. And it was just constantly meth. And then later, it turned to pills and then heroin and then meth and heroin always together. Okay. So, yeah. And did you have to come into Odyssey or did you choose to? Um, well, I had to. I, I mean, I had a lot of prison time hanging over my head and I was given the opportunity, luckily. And so I chose to go to Odyssey rather than go back to prison and uh, decided to put all my effort into it for once and here we are five years later. There are those who would say that Odyssey is like going to prison, (laughs) who would be critical. Uh, Rachel, you went through the program as well. I did. I think um, when it's, when you go through Odyssey, that's what it feels like, right? Because you don't have, um, you're sharing rooms with people, they're telling you what to do, but the whole time, it's actually giving you the structure and the support and safety that you actually need. You just don't realize it for a little bit. And so that's why I think it can be similar to that. I've heard a lot of people say the ones who succeed are the people who, uh, who, who just say, okay, these rules are stupid. I don't want to live by them, but my past life rules that I've lived by haven't worked, so I'll just do what you're saying. And, and, and then it begins to work. Would you agree with that or not? I mean, when they told you, yeah. when they told you you can only have, what, one cup of coffee or you can't do this mm-hmm. or you can't do that or you have to get up now, that kind of, was that hard at first? Um, yes and no. I mean, I was used to a lot of structure, but at the same time, I feel like I needed the structure the Odyssey House provided. Um, like you couldn't just give me some 90-day program that didn't have a lot of structure because I probably would have just been out the door. 
However, I hated it when I first got there. It was very chaotic, and I almost left. Um, God, I didn't. Um, but at some point, I think you say to yourself, like, the way that I'm doing things, the way that I've done things my whole life isn't working, so I'm either going to do this and give it a shot, or I'm not, you know, and you choose to stay and go through, you know, treatment and work on yourself and try to make the best of it. The two, the two words that come to mind to me are surrender <clears throat> and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Is that? Absolutely. You know, and, yeah. and, and the people who fail don't seem to ever surrender. It's, right. you know. Yeah, they're not ready. You, you know tons of people who, who left the program and may still be out on the street. And yeah, and me for a lot of years. Really? Um, Describe that. So I would just jump through hoops and and just manipulate different programs, go in and out of jail, but never really willing to change. Like I never I never even really thought about there was a problem with me. I just thought, well, this is who I am. You know what I mean? And it was trying to get away with things, uh, you know, criminally or, or do whatever I had to do to get my next fix. And the consequences were the consequences, you know, and. Um, eventually, um, through several, you know, I guess stages, um, started to realize that basically everything I think and everything that I thought was real or, or was important in life wasn't, and I found myself just questioning everything and realizing that, uh, you know, prison life, gang life, continuing to was just continuing to run in a way um from myself so how did you get into that life like what led you to the doors of odyssey how far you want me to go back so so we should tell folks that the reason we don't our air conditioner is down today right? yeah, yeah <laughs> that's why you're it's sweating a little warm in here wipe your forehead <laughs> yeah, it is, it is warm in here that. so it's not because he's uncomfortable being in the hot seat on a, <laughs> on, on a podcast so, so <laughs> i just wanted to interrupt if people are watching yeah i'm feeling like i'm getting a little wet here but anyway um so for a long so really starting at the age of 10 years old i just started noticing i, I wasn't feeling um i started feeling just being angry and didn't feel right emotionally and i really didn't know how to talk about it um th- there's nothing in my home life like i came from you know two good parents you know everything went well there however um I just started having those feelings. And then um, the neighbor, I started putting people on pedestals that were popular or were cool and in the music I listened to. And I started to just chase after what I thought was popular, what I thought was cool, what I needed, what actions did I need to do to become cool or become this person like these people I had idolized or put on pedestals. And I continued to do that through, you know, just continued to control with anger, continued to do get negative attention by doing outlandish type of activities or behaviors. And I would get attention from that or, or be able to control through that. And eventually, 
you know, when drugs became involved, I would, I would basically run from all those feelings that I had by using drugs and then continuing that lifestyle and continuing to just chase, chase, chase what I thought um, would make me happy. Because I thought that once I got to this place or I achieved this level, you know, in the criminal world mm -hmm. or whatever, um, amongst my friends or whatever, that I would feel finally like I got there. Mm -hmm. But it never happened. It, it, you know, I, I, and, and it took a lot of years, and I finally was able to look at myself and, and realize that I'm here, but I'm not happy, you know. And, and then I realized all the people around me, um, you know, there's, there's really no loyalty that, you know, they're... Um, I was loyal to all the wrong people mm -hmm. for all the wrong reasons and uh, just neglected myself and the people that really mattered. And so finally, um, I decided to do some things different. And I, and I relapsed after that period, but that's basically, that was in 2014. And that's kind of when my recovery started, you know, from that lifestyle. What shifted for you? So coming from this hardened lifestyle that you were living in by every day, like what shifted for you? Because was it hard for you to change those peers and to change those behaviors? Like what was that shift? Yeah, because you'd been doing that for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so an incident happened inside of prison with my friends, um, well, so-called friends or whatever. Yeah. And these are people that I've been running hard with for a lot of years. I'm supposed to have your back. Um, I don't really want to go too much into yeah. the incident, but at, at a certain point, um, when, when your own friends start, um, start to go against you behind your, own, behind your back, mm -hmm. and then you see basically like everything that you're loyal to, they're supposed to be loyal to you. You start questioning like, is this what this really is all about? Then you look at other groups and you realize that that's kind of the whole process and that it, you just really start to question like this really doesn't mean anything um, real, you know? Yeah. And this only matters here in this setting, inside of prison and so, um, and I mean, that's not the only incident, but it was that final one that I realized like I need to do something different. Like I don't want, I don't, I don't really care about being associated with these people anymore. And so that's when I took steps to, um, disassociate myself from people. Um, and I had a long time, I, I had, well, I didn't have a long time. I had about eight months to sit in a cell by myself and, uh, you know, just use that time to really sit and think about what I wanted to do when I got out. And uh, that was that was what I did. And so I got out, um, I would start, I went into school at Salt Lake Community College for social work. I only went to like one semester, but I started volunteering at VOA mm -hmm. because while I was in that cell, I figured, you know, what really do I have to offer you know, out there other than what I've been through and what I know. And so I started volunteering there, eventually got a job there, and eventually relapsed while I was working there as well, you know. But I learned from that, went back to prison, um, 
you know, and then I went to a halfway house. I was clean out of the halfway house, and then, you know, you read what I wrote on Facebook, so I can tell that story real quick if you want. Um, While I was in the halfway house, I had a social worker that basically came to visit me and was in charge of, like, getting you housing or just kind of, like, being there for you as you transition out of the halfway house and so i took her up on that she got me into an apartment and you know once that happened i slowly you know relapsed and i was going pretty hard and trying to hold everything together working and do parole and whatever and she uh she had come to see me and she knew i was using as she could tell and she wanted me to go to detox and i told her no um told her i would get clean by myself and so (laughs) that night um i don't even really remember what was going on but i overdosed in my car out in front of my apartment building so um what happened was i woke up to obviously police and fire and whatever but um what happened was a security guard had noticed me slumped over in my car and needles still hanging out of my arm and so you know they woke me up got me out of the car had a pocket full of meth pocket full of heroin you know the whole nine yards and uh you know i was on parole i thought i was going to be going back for you know another possession with intent charge you know my po was really tired of me at this point and was recommending that i just do the rest of my time like not do another parole because they were tired of me so I went to jail and just kind of depressed sick you know from withdrawal and whatever and uh, that social worker came to see me and she said uh, would you be willing to do treatment if I can get you in treatment and I said yeah but there's no way you're going to be able to get my <laughs> yeah. PO to let me do that you know there's no way and she's like well all I can do is ask and I'll try my best so Anyway, I didn't expect her to see her again or anything like that, but um, eventually they called my name to go back to prison, sitting in the holding cell waiting to go back to prison. And uh, they, they, the COO said my name, and he, was, he said, who's Trevor Peterson? And I said, that's me. And he said, today's your lucky day. He's all you're staying here. He's all your pills letting you go to Odyssey House. Wow. wow. So, I love that. So, you know, that was the beginning. You know, I, I, they dressed me back into jail, and then a few days later that social worker picked me up and uh, I had to promise to be at admissions at 9 a.m. in the morning. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I showed up. Didn't get high in between. I showed up, and, you know, the rest is kind of history. And you're still showing up. Yeah, yeah still I- showing up. You are such a wonderful man, so I'm excited to transition to that portion of your life. I want to touch base on what Randall said, the stigmas. Like, I love that you're fully tattooed and that you're sitting here and you're like, this is what I've done and this is who I am. Have you? Since you're bringing that up, can you turn your head around for the people who are watching so they can just, they can see there's there's tattoos all over the top of his head. Okay, like down his neck, beauty show. and down yeah. his arms. Yeah. So, so go ahead with your question. Yeah, good job. Um, has that affected you in trying to transition and change your life around? I mean, do people meet you and go, geez. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, definitely sometimes you can tell people, people will either like smile and like treat you well because of it, or, you know, they're just like standoffish. But it's usually like in places like at the store or in different towns or, or places where you're not regularly, you know, people don't know you because in, it, it, where I'm at all the time, people know me, you know what yeah. I mean? And so it's not ever an issue. But I'll, I'll hear some things from my friends. Like the first time I met you, I thought, this dude's lost. You know what I mean? And so they, they, they will tell me what they originally thought. Um, but as far as, to answer your question, as far as like, has it held me back as far as changing my life? I don't think so at all. Like okay. I think that I've been given every opportunity that I've ever sought and uh, nothing has really been denied me I mean um, I'm sure there are some you know vocations or some careers or whatever because of my record or because of the way that I look that they probably wouldn't hire me but I haven't experienced that yet so. TV anchorman uh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah right? I'm glad to hear <laughs> that for sure and be like oh, oh wow and our point of bringing this up is because Trevor is is really a good guy and I must admit the first time I met you I thought whoa yeah you know I, and I, I, I guess honestly I, I was a little fearful at first because I I just didn't understand anything but the point is to not judge now Rachel you you have yeah, I have a lot of tattoos, you have too. <laughs> all up on one arm. My legs, my back. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that really doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm -hmm. but, but I think older people, and I'm certainly in that category, probably initially judge mm -hmm. someone by seeing something like that. And right. then it's just built on old fears, I guess. Yeah, when I first... Because when I was growing up, I think... I think only like bad people had tattoos mm -hmm. or something, but that was way back in the, you know, fifties and sixties. Because <laughs> I go back that far. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, I, and 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 like you, Rachel, you you're, you know, you've worked giving back mm -hmm. at, at at where at, at Odyssey at Usara at Fit, Fit to, to Recover. recover. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and and Trevor, I I know everybody loves you because you were uh, what coach of our of our softball team sober softball right you know and i i've heard people talk about how wonderful you are and, and what a great guy you know uh so and i don't know it's just I, I i just wanted to bring that up so that the next time you see somebody you want to pass judgment mm -hmm. on don't pass judgment because the person could be a really really good person it could be bad it could be good yeah. or everything in between I'm glad you brought it up because I've dealt with stigmas myself um, in early recovery, being being a mom with tattoos, being in recovery. So it, it can go hand in hand. I'm glad when people aren't stigmatized by it, but it's definitely out there and yeah. it's real. You're just another human being, right? Yeah. You just chose some artwork that, that I didn't choose. A little choose. canvas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what, and I understand you've, you've got, your, you've started a trucking company. Yeah, so just recently um, this year decided to give that a shot, and so it's in the beginning stages right now, and you know it's going. So uh, I, I'm gone all the time a lot uh, right now. So it's everything is basically this whole time in recovery has been really 
um, you know, all my support around me, doing the softball thing, really active, and now it's kind of taken me away from that. But I felt that I was ready to kind of venture out and uh, um, do some other things, you know, for that part of my life. And so the hope is to just create a better future for my family and, you know, continue to get where I want in that industry. Do you ever run into old buddies from from the street, from prison, from the gangs, or anything like that? Not so much anymore. I mean, a lot of times, I mean, really the the most that I'll ever see anybody is at an Odyssey House event, and they're, they're <laughs> like, they're like new in treatment, and they're a client at the house or whatever. Um, but I like I used to not I used to not like when that happened, but I like when that happens now and I like to be able to, you know, tell them they can do it, encourage them up, you know. Um, so I enjoy when those moments happen now, but they don't happen very often. But a lot at first they did a lot, you know, because I I feel like I was in that life and still, you know, the, I think the longer you distance yourself from something that, you know, gets easier yeah. and you don't kind of just break away from it but um i definitely do see people i i stayed off of social media for five years um you know but you know i I do run into people event you know sometimes and say hey how you doing and you can tell if they're not doing good or whatever you know but what would you tell someone if that's currently in prison struggling like what would your message be to them when your once self like what would you tell question why should i do what you did yeah you know i'm not worthy or good enough or i'm already tainted whatever it may be i would just tell them i would would just ask him i would start with are you happy you know um and, and then if they tell me they are and this is who they are then i would just start to question you know kind kind of what's what's why they think that you know yeah. what I mean and I think that, it, that you know eventually you, you, they're gonna have to admit or get real that that um, they're not too happy you know yeah. and, and if you can get them to say that then you can start getting them to think another way you know um, what would make me happy a, a lot of I think the reason if I think about myself I stayed where I was at for so long because I didn't know who I was I chased after a stigma or after what I thought was cool for so long and, and lost myself that whole time, never figured out who I was or what I wanted. And so I would tell somebody else to figure out who you are, you know, figure out what you like, figure out those types of things that, that really define you. Or, and if you don't know, that, then, then pick something, you know, that's positive, but that doesn't get about, you where you're at. That question about happiness is really significant, don't yeah. you think? I mean, yeah. I, 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 I got to admit, in my years of alcoholism, I mean, I, you know, you get drunk and high and you go yuck, yuck, yuck with, with the other people you're partying with, but are you really happy? Right. And I've never been happier in my life with sobriety. And I never thought I would be. I thought it sounded awful. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good, simple question with a deep meaning to ask people. Yeah. I love that. And I, I mean, we've, we, you know, we'll take people, some of our clients over to VOA Detox, and somebody mm-hmm. will say, ah, the Odyssey program sucks. You can't do this. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And some of our clients will ask that question. Well, 
how are things working for you? Are you happy? <laughs> You're here at VOA Detox, you know, yeah. and, and it stops a lot of people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you weren't happy the whole time. I wasn't. Were you? No. You no. Lost your, you lost your kids. You, you even know. if I had a happy moment, I always woke up sick, lonely, and sad. Yeah. Always woke up myself even if you're surrounded by people you might go meet them but at the end of the day you're alone bending for yourself that's miserable yeah it is yeah and people don't realize that because they'll say well you made the choice to do this but they don't understand your background that you grew up in an area where where the cool kids were in gangs and doing bad stuff yeah you know and yeah I appreciate, believe it or not, we are out of time, and I appreciate it. It passes quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. You only had to wipe your brow three or four times. Mm -hmm. Do it again. <laughs> He's doing it again. <laughs> Trevor, I wish you well in the future. Yeah. You are, you're an admirable person, and we, mm -hmm. and, and everybody at Odyssey loves you, and, and I just hope you have a really bright future. You, yeah. Rachel? You Keep know. shining and sharing your message, because a lot of people need to hear it, and I'm really proud of you, yeah, sure. and I'm glad yeah, you're sitting here too. today. And Thank glad you. that you're really happy now. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thank you. And thank you for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals.